0: This, 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 this this is mythical. What's the best sparkling water? The sport crew says they have the answer. Check out their ranking of the best sparkling waters on the market. Flavored or not.
1: Though its roots are in Italy, pizza is now enjoyed as a comfort food all around the world. But are all the unique combinations of cheesy baked dough created equal? Today we discuss what's the best regional pizza style.
0: Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah,
1: I put ice in my cereal, so what? That
0: makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> what?
1: Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Scherer.
0: And I'm your host, Nicole Hendizada.
1: And today we have a very special guest with us. Amanda Hester is the co-founder and CEO of Food52, a community-minded food publication that recently launched its inaugural show of its podcast network, The Genius Recipe Tapes, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Amanda, Welcome! Thank you so much for joining us. Thank
0: you for coming.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, I have I have more in your bio. Can I continue to to gush <laughs> over more things in your bio? Sure. I I was supplied with a bio. Full, full disclosure: me and Nicole do roughly no work on this actual show. Very little. Uh, and I even edited this down to just the important parts. <laughs> and holy crap, it is still incredible. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Well, I'm, I'm old, old so so that's food. why. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Amanda is also food editor of the New York Times Magazine, the editor of Tea Living, author of the Essential New York Times Cookbook, and she was named one of the 50 most influential women in food by Gourmet Magazine. This is my favorite. Amanda also played herself in the movie Julie and Julia, which is awesome. That is very exciting. One of my favorite movies. I cried That's like a baby. That's so cool,
0: man. What a cool bio to have.
1: I actually played Julia Child in that movie.
0: <laughs> I could see that. Definitely. Yes. Yep.
1: Uh, people, uh, they've called me a Meryl Streep type. Uh huh. You know, like yeah. I, in the sense that I can kind of transform myself into roles. I but, can see it. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Amanda, today we are talking about what the best regional pizza style is. Obviously, a topic that has many different routes it can go. I think we should all just start with our own sort of answers and go from there.
0: Sure. Amanda, you want to take it away?
1: You have the floor.
2: Sure thing. Well, I'm going to start by just talking about the regional pizza that I grew up with, which is called Old Forge White Pizza in Pennsylvania. Old Forge is like a little like kind of sliver of a neighborhood in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and they are known for making pizza. It's actually they're kind of like two players um, that and they're really just like kind of bars that made pizza and they make them on sheet pans. So it's a it's a sheet tray pizza and you get so you get rectangular pieces and it's the white pizza is actually it's dough and then there's a layer of American cheese, which Josh yes. I know you'd be a big fan of. Uh, and then is, dough, it, is it white
1: American or like the good stuff? Yes, white. Uh-huh. Mm.
2: And then it's um <laughs> and I think some people might put provolone, but I'm pretty sure it's just straight up American. And then uh and then it's um rosemary, dried rosemary. So it's not even fresh rosemary and like oil and salt. So it has kind of like (laughs) <laughs> quasi roots of like kind of Roman Pizza Bianca but mm-hmm. done very like American style it's almost like a Chicago version of that um, and then they, there's also a red version but the white is what people really go to Old Forge for and you know for as long as I can remember people had to like wait in line to to get in
1: oh God, Who decided the, the dried rosemary yeah. on the white American cheese is my favorite touch? Yeah, They're like you know what would set off this American cheese?
0: Sending me for a loop I've never done dried rosemary on pizza before I'm into it
1: <laughs> And also I love that, like you said, Old Forge is one neighborhood in Scranton, like a sliver And that they have developed their own regional pizza style. And that's what I think is so cool about regional pizza styles. They seem to just develop from literally like two restaurants that made it. And then that kind of, you know, becomes known.
2: Yeah, they were across the street from each other. And yeah, they were like rivals. It was like, you know, rival high schools, rival pizza places. Um, And then no one really, I mean, I didn't know of any other places that made it. But it's like they they have, you know, all the business in town.
1: That's incredible. Nicole, we can can jump back and forth, but I'm, I'm interested in your answer.
0: Uh, It's very simple. It is grandma pizza. I love, I love the dough. I love the sauce. I love the crispy little edges. I love everything about grandma style pizza. What is grandma style pizza? Well, I have a sheet in front of me and I can explain exactly what it is. It is square. (laughs) I'm going to do it verbatim. Square or rectangular pizza that has been cooked in an olive oil coated pan. It is covered in a thin layer of mozzarella cheese, and in an uncooked canned or fresh tomatoes. Oh yeah. Found it in New York, specifically Long Island, thick crust and crispy. Oftentimes, the cheese goes directly onto the dough and the sauce on top.
2: Okay, I know what you're talking about because I've had it at. Do you know Pizzeria Supreme I think Pizza Suprema, which is right near Madison Square Garden in uh, New York City, and it, it's sort of known for its like classic New York style pizza. But they do uh-huh. a grandma pizza that's really good.
0: I just love the way the cheese kind of creeps up on the top and gets all crispy and delicious, and then you fold it over on the super soft goopy cheese. Oh. And it reminds me a lot of Pizza Hut pizza in that mm-hmm. it's like a cakey, super soft, pillowy dough, and then it's this beautiful, like, clean sauce, and then the cheese. And then I don't typically get toppings on it. Mm. I just do uh, dough, sauce, cheese, and a little bit of Parmesan and a little bit of chili flake, and I'm good for, like, the rest of the week. We,
1: we have a combined... <laughs> two total trips to new york you and i and i've you never have zero. been to new york yes i have been to new york city <laughs> twice so like we are both coming at this from a very disadvantaged <laughs> angle uh that we both grew up in california which i think a lot of people would say like does not have a distinct pizza culture except for the fact that california style pizza is my answer for the best regional pizza <laughs> style. so
2: Gosh. what was the, like what's the story behind and i've never been to one but i just know of it california pizza kitchen oh my
0: cpk yeah,
1: is uh
0: is our church <laughs> <laughs> it's where we pray to the barbecue chicken pizza gods. <laughs> you can Inchalab. take the rest so, of
1: it. Yeah, so CPK, which now I believe is a, it's actually very sad. CPK is bankrupt. It is. Um, mm-hmm. And they actually went to auction and they had no interested buyers. So CPK is likely on its way out. Uh, Amanda, I don't know, you know, Food52's greater aspirations, but if you all want to buy the California <laughs> Pizza Kitchen, I think you can get it as a distressed asset for pennies on the dollar. So this is my official pitch to you for that. The People at Mythical, they sure were not into that idea. Uh, (laughs) I wrote a whole pitch deck. But no, California Pizza Kitchen has a very incredible story behind it. Um, The person who created their original menu, his name was Ed Ledoux, and he was actually handpicked by Wolfgang Puck to start the pizza program at Spago. Mm. He was working at a restaurant in the Bay Area called Prego, and a lot of people sort of trace the modern, you know, fancy topping pizzas uh, to Alice Waters at Chez because okay. they had a wood burning pizza oven. They put, you know, figs and mostarda and all that on it. Uh, and so this dude, Ed Ledoux, was plucked by Wolfgang Puck. He went to Spago. Spago did the famous Peking duck pizza with the hoisin, which is still on the menu. And they have the smoked salmon pizza. Oh, and for he sure. also created a barbecue chicken pizza there. So two investors looking to start a restaurant Stole Ed Ledoux, he was only 27 years old at the time, Um, stole him from Spago, and they launched California Pizza Kitchen with this idea that you can put, like, crazy, wacky toppings on pizza. But for me, it's that movement of, like, breaking down what makes a pizza a pizza Mm -hmm. to then build it back up again into a product that's greater than the sum of its parts is what – makes California style the best, because I don't think there would be a Nancy Silverton and Moza without the hard work put in by California Pizza Kitchen.
2: (laughs) Wow. I didn't know in asking that question that I was going to get such like a thorough history. Yeah, that's off the dome, Amanda. I I thought that Chez Panisse was known more for like the grilled pizza, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of grilling it over, you know, wood fire. And that, that was sort of the whole kind of like romance of California cooking.
1: I think they were. I think um, California Pizza Kitchen, or like Ed LaDue specifically, took this sort of, you know, uh, idea of that like rustic wood-fired thing, and they almost like pop-culturified it to like, oh, people seem to like this different thing being done in California with pizza. We are going to sell it to the masses by shoving barbecue chicken on it. Because like, I mean, Chez Panisse, obviously, I mean, they're the dish that I best know them for is figs on a plate. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think who, there was a critic that knocked him for that, and I can't remember who it was. But anyways, I mean, they were all about you know, very much the simplicity of cooking despite instituting, I think, the bones of the fusion food movement with California cuisine and, like, all the great chefs that came from there. Uh, I mean, David Leibovitz, Jonathan Waxman, all these people. Um, but, yeah, to me, like, there would be no CPK without Chez Panisse and there would be no Nancy Silverton and Moza without CPK, <laughs> ergo CPK is the best style
2: <laughs> but it sounds like there uh it's soon to be no cpk so um like if you were to revive it what would you do well, how would I, you fix it and bring it back to life and make it thrive
1: i think sometimes the phoenix needs to stay buried in the ashes i don't think cpk necessarily needs to come back because other people have taken up the mantle and literally right before we started recording this nicole goes you're gonna you're gonna bring up neo Neapolitan pizza aren't you <laughs> And I was like, you yeah, dang right I am. So right now there is a really cool movement, especially from LA pizzaiolos, yeah. thinking a Daniele Uditi at Pizzana, mm-hmm. which has caused a lot of waves, uh, who they're taking very legitimate sort of Neapolitan techniques. I think he's like a fourth generation pizzaiolo, and he's taking that, and he's, you know, creating pies with, you know, Mexican chorizo and cilantro crema. Uh, you have guys like Zach Pollack at Cosa Buona who mm-hmm. are doing, you know, smoked pineapple on their pizzas that are made with, you know, a 72-hour dough and whatnot. So I think you have a lot of people who have taken up the spirit of California-style pizza that has sort of just broken down all these rules of – Simplicity and purity because Neapolitan pizza is something that, you know, there's literally a a whole guidebook on what it needs to be to be considered Neapolitan. The crust can't be more than three and a half centimeters tall and all that. And so California took the best elements of that and then broke all the rules and said, screw you. Here's a smoked pineapple pizza. And I love them for that.
0: Yeah. CPK has a frozen line, Amanda. (laughs) So you can also just get the frozen one. Okay. I'm going to run right out
2: for that. (laughs) i'm out in the hamptons and at some like kind of fancy store there was there were t-shirts that said pineapple on pizza person um yeah. <laughs> and i was like you know no that's that's not me i'm not that's never been me um
0: are you a pineapple on, pe- on pizza person that was our first podcast
1: mm-hmm. oh we were so as, young
0: Is if a uh, pineapple belongs on pizza and we both were a resounding yes
1: Well, we we both grew up again growing up. It's so it's such a regional thing because we didn't grow up with, you know, what I'd call like a pizza culture. You know, for us, pizza is you go to Costco, you get a 700 calorie slice of floppy wet cheese. Yeah. And that's pizza. So we didn't have these like, you know, Brooklyn pizzerias at our disposal. We had CPK. Yeah. So we didn't, you know, grow up with any of these sort of rules. So for us, it was like, Pineapple on pizza, you know, why not? I think you have to come at it from an angle first of why not as opposed to why.
0: Yeah, agreed. I love pineapple on pizza. And there's
1: tons of different regionalities that put, you know, you, you go to Sweden, there's actually a <laughs> there's a Persian-Armenian-Swedish pizzeria in Glendale, God bless the greater Los Angeles area, <laughs> um, and the dude makes a pizza that is very common in Sweden that has banana and shrimp on it. And curry. And curry powder, yes. that's right.
0: Banana, shrimp, and curry powder, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. And
1: does it, do I personally enjoy it? No. No, it's kind of gross if you break it down. (laughs) Uh, But it's one of those things that, you know, based on where you grew up, it's just, if there's no initial rules coming into it saying you shouldn't do this, then you kind of just do it. And people, you know, enjoy those flavors. It gets propagated and passed on. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the coolest things about pizza. Wait, so what would you
2: not ever put on a pizza? (sighs) Kiwis.
1: Kiwis, that's a big thing. Yeah.
0: Kiwis. That was very specific. Yeah. Why kiwi?
1: <laughs> we both went to kiwi. Kiwi,
0: mango, I think any sort of tropical fruit other than pineapple. <laughs> but
1: what makes pineapple special in that? I
0: don't know. I think it's because I was conditioned that way. So just so you know, Amanda, I, I kept kosher in my household for a long time. So my pizzas were typically pineapple, onion, jalapeno. Mm. So those are my fun toppings. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm just conditioned to enjoy pineapple on pizza. But mango on pizza makes my head hurt. The idea of that just seems wrong. Kiwi seems wrong papaya seems wrong strawberry fruits certain fruits cannot be on pizza i
1: mean it's funny having that strong of a reaction to that i i lived with two italian roommates in college and their strongest revulsion to anything on pizza was chicken What? which to me makes a little bit of sense they were also incredibly anti-chicken on pasta Huh. Because they were just like you have the pasta that's separate, you have the pizza that's separate. Then you have your meat course. You have your secondi, or carn- right, you know. Meat, and so for they them, they put
2: other kinds of meat on pasta.
1: But I think they're like, uh, you know, kind of accent, uh, accent meats. <laughs> Something that's like heavily flavored, like a like a guanciale is speck. you know different. Yeah, spec. Like those things are adding you know different kind of character and flavor to a pizza. But chicken you know, which should be like a main protein. They were, I can't I cannot tell you how confused they were. I'm with them.
2: Like, I, I, don't, I don't want chicken on my pizza or my pasta, but at the same time, I can't really explain why. Again, it's like conditioning. Maybe yeah. it's just because it never was, and so therefore, I feel like it never should be. And actually, my sister, one of my sisters was, became an exchange student in Germany, and um, her her host family... To try to make her feel welcome, they decided they were like, let's serve her pizza when she arrives. And they served her pizza with pineapple on it. And she like (laughs) immediately called home and was like, I want to come home. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) I wonder where they got that idea.
2: I don't know. Maybe CPK.
1: (laughs) It, It could have been. But I mean, the pineapple and pizza thing, it was started in Canada, but then it gradually moved to Australia, where it was literally for a long time the number one pizza topping in all of Australia. Huh. Which to me is wild. So like literally supplanting more than pepperoni, which also most people from Italy seem to have a strong revulsion yeah. against like American style pepperoni.
0: I don't love pepperoni. Now I do. Now I just like the little cups, you know, the little cups that little, curl. When the mm. cups curl, I know I'm oh, having a yeah. good time with my pepperoni pizza. Yeah.
1: Is it a Prince, Prince Street?
0: I don't know. Prince Street? What? Is that
1: the New York pizza? Prin- Prince, Prince Street pizza? Is that the the spot in, it's like deep Brooklyn,
2: Oh, no! no. I don't think it's so. Defara's.
1: Defara, Defara's is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I they been the little, there. You've never. Uh, I, I <laughs> you have
2: to go out there. You have to get all the yeah. way out there. You don't know if you're going to get in. Did, it's like a club. <laughs>
0: like yeah, a club in L. A. <laughs> we,
1: well, when um, the pizza, the pizza from Lucali in oh, Brooklyn, yeah,
0: that was great. came out to
1: L. A. to do a pop up. Uh, I mean, we stood like in line in the rain to get there before. My publicist girlfriend, who I love very much, <laughs> snuck us through the line uh, and got us in. But, I mean, yeah, that's, like, kind of part of the experience sometimes.
0: God, that was really good pizza. God, that was really good. The Brooklyn's
1: color- I mean, I, I, have, I have nothing but respect for, despite all my pedantic rantings about California-style pizza, like, the, you know, Brooklyn, New York, thin crust, big, floppy slice that's very sturdy on the bottom, to me is kind of the, like, platonic ideal of what a slice of pizza should be. But maybe I'm romanticizing that because I gr- I've grown up in California my whole life, And I've, like, you know, never had that sort of endemic experience in New York. Mm
0: -hmm. The closest thing I got to that was Mulberry's Pizza.
1: Mm. Mulberry's Pizza? What's that?
0: Oh, it's, like, New York-style pizza in, like, the streets of Beverly Hills. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) If you ever come here, just try it and then tell me how you feel about it. Because that's the only experience I've had with New York-style pizza. Yeah. Because I've never gone.
2: Again, because I've never been able to get get a reservation. But Mm. what do you make? What do you make of it?
1: Of mozza? Yeah. So mozza, for me, might be... Pound for Pound, the best pizza in L.A. Really? I, I've, I've probably said like nine different restaurants when people ask me what the best pizza in L.A. is. But I think if I really yes. think long, deep, and hard about it, I think Mozza is the best pizza... In Los Angeles, I think what Nancy Silverton did with that dough recipe is like some form of alchemy.
0: Interesting. It is
1: It is so sturdy and so it has this delightful, just glutinous pull and chew to it. Uh-huh. But it's so incredibly thin, hmm. but it's not like a, a good Neapolitan pizza, right? Apparently you're supposed to like eat from the inside out and it's a little wet on the bottom and that's like kind of part of it. But this takes all that beauty of that thin crust, super high heat Neapolitan pizza and just makes it like sturdier. Mm. And apparently if I've read some interviews of her talking about her dough recipe and she was like, I just broke all the rules that Italians said not to do. Like, I, you know, put milk in it. I used, you know, a an incredibly hard flour and all this stuff. Um, and so she, you know, kind of, I think she kind of maybe even, like, tried yogurt in the original dough recipe.
0: That sounds, that makes sense to me. I mean, to yogurt, me.
1: Add, add to the protein structure of that it, all that. That makes
0: a lot of sense to put yogurt in pizza dough. Yeah, actually.
1: and then, I mean, also, you know, she has this uh, great relationships with so many local farms in L.A., and so she gets all the best produce. So, you know, they have their... Um, well, the squash blossom pizza uh-huh. is really big one I had that one. Yeah
0: I I didn't like it when I went you it was didn't like Can it? I tell you why? Please. It was too salty and it was too oily I love oily pizzas I do not put the napkin on the pizza to take off the extra oil No It Sin. was it was so oily and salty I was like Was it the dough dough that was salty? The way I was supposed to. No, it wasn't the Mm. dough. It was everything on top of it. It was like super, it was like maybe five years ago, to be honest. It's been a while. I should give it another shot. (laughs) Nancy, I'm going to come by and give it another shot. But to be honest, my favorite pizza, it actually closed. It was called Soto. It was my favorite pizza in the whole entire world. It was gorgeous. It had this black leoparding around the crust. The sauce was perfectly tangy and just like the most beautiful dollops of cheese on it. And I thought that was my favorite pizza. By far, it was Soto.
1: That's Neo Neapolitan. So they, yeah. the oven at Soto actually reached over a thousand degrees. Oh my God! It's was so a big cool. thing. Wow. Yeah. Which, uh, again, most people would say that's too hot. But again, Cali Pizza coming in, CPK opening up that rule book. <laughs> Dude is cooking pizzas at a thousand degrees for literally like forty-five seconds it was and pulling so them out, and know. it was so incredible. And now he's doing uh, like Brooklyn-style thin crust pizza with mm-hmm. super fina. Yes, um, which is pretty solid. They do the cut pepperoni. I
0: yes, that was a very good pizza. That was very good Wait, pizza. Who's doing
1: that? Oh, it's the chef from Soto. His name is Steve Sampson. Oh, okay. He kind of took this Neapolitan dough recipe uh, that he used to just you know make these personal style pies at a thousand degrees, and he basically took that same dough, and now he's doing like big old floppy New York takeout pizza, um, and it's it's really incredible. It's a, a really great it hybrid is of styles. Wait, what's
2: that place called?
1: Superfina. Super oh, Super I have a oh, okay. whole list of recs for when you get out to LA.
2: All right. I uh, look forward to that 2024. 2024.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so living in, living in New York, I mean, do you have like a lot of opinions about pizza from your New York experience or are you still, is your heart still in the Scranton white pie? Oh,
2: no, no. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty like, I like all pizza. I'm, you know, I'm ha- pretty mm-hmm. happy whenever there's pizza in front of me. Um, for a long time. So we live in Brooklyn Heights. And for a long time, when we first moved there, we used to go at least once a week to Grimaldi's. And it became so touristy, like they, we just couldn't get in anymore. And so, and then, it, and then they had some like they were, like sold, or, and had some lawsuit, and so now we just don't go anymore at all. But that was like a great um, classic, like New York style pizza. Um, yeah, we go to Roberta's now and then. I mean, I, we sort of like you know we're sort of pizza yeah. nomads, I, but I don't do the places where I have to go and like wait outside in line. Mm. Um, it just feels like I don't know. Kind of takes away from the the joy of. Of, of like pizza to me should, feels like it should be easy. Like yeah, not something great. you have to like work super hard for. It. But so I, I did um when I worked I worked in Italy um at a at a bakery called uh, Forno Campo de Fiori in Rome and they actually were known for their their meter pizza. Do you know the meter meter pizza?
1: Is that the pizza al with the scissors? Yeah. yeah.
2: So it's like yeah, you cut it with mm-hmm. scissors. But it's like literally like it's about uh, probably like eight to ten. About eight, I'd say. Yeah, like eight inches wide and then a meter long. And you we 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 bake that. I mean, it's baked in the bread bread oven. So the idea is that you get these like kind of like long slabs that can go deep into the oven and then be pulled out easily and then snipped Um And people would wait in line for that, but it was like, it was the line moved quickly because we we're just like getting it mm-hmm. to go. And it was, it was like a pizza. It was, they had two kinds, they had pizza Rosso and then pizza Bianca, but it was not the white, the uh, old forge white pizza. It was like pizza <laughs> Bianca was literally just like kind of oil and salt. And then the, um, the Rosso, which is really good, um, was just um, crushed tomatoes with a little salt um and oil and that would just basically kind of be brushed on the top but i was thinking about it when you were talking about that um nancy saying that she's uh, breaks all the rules of dough making because mm. i noticed that sometimes when they were making the dough um they would if they had extra egg whites left over um from you know making uh, like pastries and other things they would just toss them into the dough and i i don't know really? what effect it had but i was always sort of intrigued um that the, you know because that seemed like an unconventional uh detail.
1: That's really interesting. I, I do think there is some degree that as Americans, I mean, who grew up with reppin' American cheese on pizza, mm-hmm. repping pineapple on pizza, barbecue chicken pizza, I think we do tend to kind of fetishize this idea of simplicity in other cultures. You know, like we read an article on, um, you know, some, some website that goes like, in Naples, they never do X to their dough. And we kind of take that as truth. Yeah. And then when you're actually there, they're just like, no, nah, yeah, we got extra egg whites you throw them in the dough, whatever, <laughs> you know? I think that's like, I think true but i also this... feel
2: like but they have the discipline to like like not throw mm. dried rosemary on top of their white pizza you know what i mean like, <laughs> like they just like they know how to keep it simple um i also think like the flour mm. there and the water there is different and so you get this like the doughs there just are so much more supple than american doughs and maybe nancy like uses mm. you know imported flour or something or like a lower gluten flour but um yeah, I do think that like the the crusts in Italy are just it's hard to hard to compete with what they you know, I guess what they're able to kind of produce mm. in the in the local environment.
1: yeah, and then even when you're importing those ingredients you know to the states or whatever, you know the flour is literally like kind of dying like they're not cooking with live flour is a term I've used a lot I've heard a lot of pizzaiolos mm-hmm. use um, and ditto with the cheese and everything. We actually went to uh, a local mozzarella producer in California out in the kind of inland Empire in farm country. And he was talking about these Italian pizzerias in L.A. and how they want to import everything from Italy, even though he's like, I have he's like, I'm Italian. I have been making cheese for 35 years. My sons, my beautiful Italian volleyball playing sons, they all make cheese too. my cows are less than a mile from where the milk gets siphoned off into the tank and gets put in the che- in the, into the, you know, to the factory to, to make the mozzarella. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, you know what they're doing in Italy. It's it's nothing different and you're worsening the product by importing it you know he's like this the the whole key to why all the italian ingredients are so good is because everything is locally farmed and processed right there uh and so it was this kind of you know cool moment where he was like i am italy like it's the knowledge that you're seeking uh what was his name
0: i didn't go with really great mozzarella i'm sorry Sorry, i didn't go with you you. i can't yeah
1: and he was he was talking about a, a pizza restaurant in la that uh tried his mozzarella on their pizza and said like this is much better than the stuff that's imported, but we're going to import it because then we can say all ingredients imported from Italy. And it was this kind of like really like, uh, I don't know, kind of a shameful whack. metaphor in a way. It was whack. It was whack.
0: It was whack. It was whack. That's whack. Just, yeah. That's unfair. Yeah.
1: This kind of adherence to old standards. It's like, are you making the best product possible or are you doing this because you think people will pay a premium?
0: People will pay a premium. People people like foreign.
1: They like foreign. They
0: like foreign things around here.
1: We got to go to Italy, though. I've been to Italy. Amanda, you two have been to Italy? <laughs> yeah. You've never been to New York, but you've been to Italy. Yeah. What? When?
0: Uh, Like four years ago before <laughs> I met you. It was really fun. Fine.
1: <laughs> Amanda, we're banking on you taking us on a field trip to Scranton and Italy, the two cultural capitals. I want to start York.
2: with Scranton and have Italy be the... the uh, <laughs> the kicker.
1: That's probably a good yeah. idea. I, I do love the like kind of influences of Americanized products, especially processed. We were on an Instagram live recently, you know how much I love processed food and <laughs> I'm fascinated by it. Um But the Old Forge pizza reminds me of like St. Louis style pizza. Oh my god, which I think we've talked about the best regional pizzas. I think St. Louis style is the worst regional pizza. <laughs> and again, Aww. I've picked fights with too many cities. St. Louis is fine. They got their spare ribs. They're chilling. They have toasted ravioli. I love me a toasted ravioli. But St. Louis-style pizza is actually on uh, unleavened crust.
0: Oh. It's like a cracker.
1: Which, it's which, like matza pizza. Which, to, to the chosen <laughs> people like us, we call that matza, <laughs> And we grew up eating matza pizzas on Passover. Yep. Uh, and so, in St. Louis, they do not leaven their crust, and they just put processed cheese called Provel, oh. which is kind of like a white American mm. on it. And so, to me... I don't know what the best is. We got a couple answers in in the chat right now. But the worst, for my money, is St. Louis.
2: It almost seems like they're trying to make it bad.
1: Yeah, I think that's just the St. Louis aesthetic. (laughs)
0: You're a bully. You're a bully. Um, St. Louis is
1: fine. <laughs> all right, official closing remarks after we just uh, ruined St. Louis. Everyone from St. Louis, please go give us one stars on uh, iTunes. <laughs> Actually, don't. The five stars really help. Don't do that. It hurts me and Nicole's feelings. Uh, but final answers, I'm, I'm sticking by California as the best. Has anyone I'm, changed their mind?
0: I'm not changing my mind. Sorry, Grammy not pizza. happening.
1: Amanda, your heart? Well,
0: I, I feel like I haven't really experienced the
2: California pizza enough. I, I'm I'm happy with my New York pizza. You know, I think we're all... <laughs> We're all clinging to our
1: regions. Come out to LA. Come to. We're gonna give you a Burbank style pizza. No, no, no. Just buy the frozen
2: stuff. Just buy the frozen. stuff. It's gonna have hot
1: Cheetos and pineapple on it. You're gonna (laughs) love it. Oh, okay, great,
2: awesome.
1: All right, Nicole and Amanda, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling around there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call Opinions Opinions Are Like like casseroles. Casseroles. Like we get, how do we get worse at saying that And you, i'm better week over week well I no a, if you're better and i'm worse than we i are have a very worse.
0: melodic voice
1: <laughs> all right nicole you kick it off
0: okay y v e l underscore one says soup is not a meal i do not agree with that soup is definitely a meal have you ever had a uh, french onion soup or clam chowder that's a meal
1: Big old bowl of pho, that's that's going to leave you feeling like it was a meal.
0: Big old bowl of pho. Yeah. How do you feel about soup as a meal,
2: Amanda? Oh, sorry, I didn't know if I, okay, so I need to weigh in too. I was sort of like, yeah, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, oh, I was like, yeah, I'm always like hungry after I have soup. But when I thought about like pho or something like that, yeah, mm-hmm. soup can be, definitely be a meal. You just have to, you have to S- be soup? eating the right
0: soups. Correct.
1: Soup You're means correct. many things. I think, I, I don't believe soup exists. What? I don't believe soup exists. I think the definition of soup is too broad. What? That soup. Have you ever heard like a biological taxonomist talk about how fish don't exist? <laughs> no. What do you mean?
0: I. Wh- what are you talking the about term right fish now?
1: Fish is too broad to actually be descriptive of any actual category of animal. Therefore, it means nothing. Same as soup, <laughs> because the difference between a little shooter of gazpacho at a wedding—that's a soup—and a giant honking bowl of ramen—that's too broad. Soup doesn't exist. That's my (laughs) answer. All right. At Jade underscore IEMRG, bubbly is superior to LaCroix in that the flavor is stronger. No, all seltzers taste the same. Spindrift. It's all a scam except for Spindrift, Spindrift, which uh, has actual fruit juice in it that I enjoy.
2: Um, I'm with you. Yeah, I actually, but I can't really speak with authority since I've only had LaCroix and not the other one. Um, Mm. But I've had lots of Spindrift. It definitely stands out. All the other ones taste sort of fake.
1: It's weird. They do, but apparently, yeah, the Lacroix key lime.
0: I'm drinking the key lime. It literally tastes like vanilla pie. It's
1: like you fell into a pie factory. It's
0: very odd. I'm still going to drink it though.
1: But they use the term "naturally essenced" on Lacroix, right? Yeah. But what naturally, does that mean? also, natu-
0: whenever you see the word "natural" on an
2: ingredients list, you put, it's mm-hmm. like a signal that like it's definitely far from natural.
1: Yes. Yeah. There's a a big uh, movement to try and ban the word "natural" from mm-hmm. food packaging. Yeah. Because 70% of respondents said they associated the word "natural" with healthier. And there's just no legal requirement nope. to use the term natural. Although, Skippy natural peanut butter, <laughs> you my boy, I love it.
0: Foster the Patent says, Popeye's is greater than Raisin Kings, no question. Have you had Raisin Cane's before? No. Um, it's like, is it regional in LA?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's, well, it's, I think it's a Midwest regional. Mm-hmm. They Their whole thing is fried chicken tenders. So literally all they have are, like, chicken tenders, fries, and, like, cane sauce. Bread. And bread, yeah, Texas toast.
0: Yeah, it's a very uh, beige plate. They only sell brown food. Yeah, very beige. They'll give
1: you, like, a cup of, like, uh, the the most wilted wet coleslaw that's heating from the fries that's sitting on. Otherwise, it's all brown.
0: I prefer Popeye's to Cane's all day, every day.
1: Raising Cane's, to me, is the most overrated regional fast food restaurant I like it pains me to say that um, I I like Zaxby's is great, Whataburger's <laughs> perfectly fine. I love me some Taco Johns, all this stuff. But raising canes to me, their cane sauce has celery, a ton of celery seed in it, mm-hmm. and I cannot stand the taste of celery, celery seed, celery root, any of that. And so that's on me.
2: I've stopped putting celery in mirepoix.
1: Yes.
0: You have? You and Josh are the same. I love celery in my mirepoix. Yeah, it's just like, it's kind of like bitter and I don't
2: know. It just doesn't, it's like metallic. Mm -hmm. I don't, it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't add anything positive.
0: What do you think it does? I I don't know. It just feels (laughs) wrong. It feels wrong to not put celery in my mirepoix. Break the rules. Be the CPK of the stew world. Like sometimes, you know, I'll do a little sofrito and put the green pepper in. But like, no, I need, I need the celery. I need that like weird metallic bitterness throughout my food
1: i was i was making (laughs) i need the gross give me the bad taste a
0: little bit of bad taste makes the good taste taste gooder
1: why have we talked about the idea of putting poo smell and perfume so much lately
0: dude exactly ambergris Ambergris is whale vomit whale vomit yeah whale vomit makes the other things smell more delightful so celery makes the other foods taste better
1: I guess that is like the argument of like drinking a Negroni before yeah. a meal. It's like this tastes so bad; what? you need to get the taste out of your mouth. I love
0: Negronis. I, we
1: both love Negronis. I oh, was
2: okay. okay. it's my favorite. It's like but my I, favorite drink. Yeah, yeah, it's our
1: favorite too. We we once had a uh, like a cocktail happy hour out in the parking lot with the whole company, and they hired bartenders to come in. and Nicole and I, for some reason, had it all like the it really ingredients to make a Negroni. for you guys. They're
2: like, we're gonna throw you a party in the parking lot.
1: Oh, you they, <laughs> no! They got a bounce house. They got a
2: bounce house, Amanda.
1: You, this is a nice park. Lot in Burbank got the best parking lots in all of the northeast <laughs> San Fernando Valley. Trust me, but we we made Negronis in deli 16 cups. ounce deli cups, yeah, and just nursed a giant Negroni the whole day. And it was a lovely day.
0: I took a nap in the bounce house, <laughs> <laughs> you took a nap. I did. I was in there for like 20 minutes, no one
1: noticed. Okay, <laughs> you took a nap in the bounce house, I did. It was really oh, good. I didn't know that. Where are we at? All right, we got at Jade I E M R G grilled cheese dipped in homemade applesauce is so good. <sighs> yeah, it's like a <laughs> it's like a dirtbag cheese plate. You know, you get like the you get the what's the quince jam?
0: A membrillo. You
1: get the membrillo. You get the manchego. That little rustic farm bread. This is just that. This is the old Ford style pizza of. An Italian cheese plate or a Spanish cheese plate, and I'm into it.
0: Me and Amanda are shaking our heads like, no, bro. You you spend all the time like
2: crisping the grilled cheese to get like the perfect crispiness, and then mm. you just make it soggy with apples. Was it applesauce? Yes, homemade applesauce. That's apple correct. Homemade they, though. They homemade. I'm right? not opposed to eating those two things at the like at the same meal, but like. You know, you got to have like the separator on the plate.
1: Mm. Well, do you, do you dip? T- Cause I've never understood tomato soup and grilled cheese. No, I, don't I don't enjoy do that. it very much. Mm. I dip
2: ketchup. I have my grilled cheese and um, then have my tomato soup. But yeah, like but you, otherwise you ruin like uh, much of the pleasure of the grilled cheese. It's not that the flavors don't go nicely together, it, but it's like you want mm-hmm. that crispy crunch.
1: We, we've talked a lot about uh, my favorite texture in all of food is something crispy that has been ruined with something soggy. Like a chi- like chi- the crust on <laughs> a chicken parmesan for example. Like one when I make chicken parm I do like to leave like 30% of the edges uncovered in sauce so you do get some of that crispy, but I love like a fried thing soaked in a wet thing. That's my favorite. Like uh, actually regional pizza styles, pizza montanara from Naples. Mm-hmm. It's a fried pizza dough, that they then slather in sauce and cheese. Oh. So they cook it like wet you know, like Nepal and wet, yeah, yeah, you got yeah. the fresh mots. Uh-huh. So it's like fried but wet. Ugh. Fried but wet. That's my favorite texture.
2: That, that sounds so appealing. Uh,
1: you watched me dip a uh, Cheeto fried jalapeno popper into a caramelized cream <laughs> egg yolk. So <laughs> oh, should not be surprising.
0: <laughs> Amana Navid says eggs are amazing and versatile. This is a good opinion.
1: Not controversial. Great. No, not controversial. Eggs are the best food.
0: Not a bad opinion. Eggs are my favorite thing to eat all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I eat eggs all the time. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. At Photo Mojo, measuring cups and measuring spoons can both measure wet and dry things. I defer to Amanda. Oh,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I was too.
1: just, <laughs> just, just going to put this one on you because I use them for both. <laughs> I use them for both. But I, I, maybe they're <laughs> – I
0: don't know. I don't know I, don't know. I don't know. We're all exposed as
2: frauds right I, now. Yeah, um, I like yeah sure. I yeah, I, I don't, I don't actually, like, I think it's eight ounces of volume.
1: I think that, yeah, w- yeah. W- where, where would this not work, A right? pint
0: and a pound is the same world around.
1: That makes, uh, actually, no, a pint in, a pint in Australia is literally 20 ounces. Well,
0: there you go. Did you know that? <laughs> I do know If now. you get a
1: pint of beer in Australia, it is not 60 ounces, it's a 20 whoa. ounce beer. Whoa, The uh, what?
2: what? I said, Whoa.
1: Uh, I thought you said a boat because I thought a boat was a unit of beer in Australia because if you look up Australian beer units, there's like fifteen of them and they all mean something different. It's like, oh you want a you want a mini schooner? And it's like, I don't I just like a cup of beer, please.
0: <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. So I yeah, I'd use any measuring cup to measure anything, I suppose. The biggest issue in measuring anything. Is we have gone through this recently with Trevor who you met yesterday, a budding stand up comedian. <laughs> um, he will measure flour for a recipe and test it, and then I'll do it on camera, oh measuring the flour, and it always ends up different. And I'm like, Trevor, how do you measure your flour? Are you like packing and scraping? Are you, you know, like sifting and then scooping? And he just goes, like, I don't know, I measure it how I measure it. And I'm like, Well, I need to watch how you do it then, because our things have been turning out differently. Well, everyone so says you're supposed to dip and
2: sweep, but I actually don't think that 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 does work well. You should. I always whisk my flour, and mm-hmm. then I just take a spoon mm-hmm. and drop it into a measuring cup, and then and then scrape it off. Which, yes, one could argue is highly tedious. Um, and it is, but I, I think that you you have better baked goods.
1: Yeah. I mean, I obviously you should weigh
2: you should weigh your dry ingredients, but I don't really do oh, that. Yeah. And
1: so many recipes not, don't have, give if I want to. Yeah, you do. All your recipes come in with grams on them. I'm like, who's Nicole trying to win this?
0: <laughs> okay. Gristle McThornbody. wow, yes. uh, says, Arf. yeah, that's a name. Pickled carrots are better than pickled cucumbers. That's not true at all. Mm. No way. No way. Pickled
1: pickled green beans are the king.
2: I feel like, no they're like they're like two different, it's like two different species, right? It's like carrots are, mm. a pickled carrot has like you value for, it's like the, su- the sweet, the, 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 mm-hmm. the sweet tangy, and then with a the, uh, cucumber, mm-hmm. it's like more about the like refreshing tangy. So like, what, I I don't think yeah. you can compare them.
1: Yeah. What is the functionality of your pickles, sir or madam? <laughs> I don't gristle McThornbody? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're Irish McThornbody. Yes. Um, yeah. It all depends what like the function of your pickles. It's like my. Like favorite pickle maybe is I mean the Vietnamese pickle that we're familiar with on banh Mi, like oh, Do for chua sure. which is you know the daikon and the carrot. Yeah. But the carrots, you gotta rub them with the salt to get like really Always. break them down. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's my favorite pickle. But yeah, again, pickles are different, different utilities. All right, at alina.lin, sandwiches are just deconstructed salads in between bread. I will say <laughs> I am fascinated by the idea that you could have a salad. And a sandwich that contain the same macronutrients, Mm -hmm. carbs, fats, proteins, the same amount of bread and meat and vegetables, yet one is a salad and one is a sandwich. As in if you took a, you know, a tuna salad sandwich and you chopped it up and you toasted the bread into croutons (laughs) and then you put it on a plate that is suddenly a salad and not a sandwich. I am fascinated by the, the, the salad sandwich paradox. This is some uh
0: this is some big brain stuff. This person definitely <laughs> went to college. This <laughs> is <It was> crazy. <laughs> blowing
2: my mind. I mean, I think it might work for some sandwiches, but I'm thinking like, what about the, like, the you know ham and butter sandwich?
1: That's a salad.
2: Who makes a ham and butter salad?
1: <laughs> no, the, the butter is the dressing. <laughs> the ham is your protein. And bread, technically, I'd argue comes from wheat, which is a vegetable. Oh, get it. Air, no, here. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do think, and especially when people are, I mean, you know, I growing up in Orange County, so many times you heard the phrase, I'm being healthy, I'm ordering a salad. Yeah. And then I love looking at like the TGI Fridays, salad, calorie count and like you know the fried chicken buttermilk salads like 1900 calories
0: fried chicken buttermilk those are all words
1: I call them naughty salads
0: okay (laughs) this is our last opinion Marshmallow Dan says chocolate cake is better when you shake pepper on it cuts through the richness now do you think they're saying black pepper or chili pepper because I used to work at a chocolate store and we had this amazing chocolate bar that had guajillo and pasilla chilies Mm. ground into it Mm -hmm. and I would make a cake with that chocolate bar shaved over the top at boy oh boy was that a delicious experience so I do agree that like putting like a dash of pepper or like a dash of like cinnamon in a chocolate cake can definitely cut through the richness, but only if it's those two black pepper
1: no you know? I dig, I dig peppercorn I, I said some really great like pink peppercorn, especially pink peppercorn and white chocolate. For yeah, me. of
0: course I've done really that too.
1: gorgeous. but even black yeah, any peppercorn or um, or chili pepper go really well with it. I even like a little bit of, like horseradish. And I had a really great dessert at Providence. Don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> Two Michelin stars. No, but the pastry chef did a really cool dish that was uh, mustard flour and honey panna cotta and oh, had that yeah. slight horseradishiness to cut through. Mwah.
2: Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I think I'm going to pass on the pepper.
1: I... <laughs> <laughs> no one's forcing you. No one's forcing your hand at the pepper. And on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot dog's a Sandwich. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can we hear more of your food opinions? And please plug, plug away on the new podcast network or anything you want.
2: Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, please subscribe and uh, download. Uh, the genius recipe tapes, which is our newest podcast. And, um, and, and please come check out food52.com. We're also at food52 on, um, on Instagram, TikTok, um, all the socials. And, um, yeah, come hang with us.
1: We'll do that. I am a huge unabashed fan of Food 52. I have been Me reading it for too. years, and so honestly, this is a huge pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Oh, uh,
0: thank you. It's been great hanging out with you.
1: Likewise. And if you want to hear more from us here in the Mythical Kitchen, we've got new episodes for you every Wednesday.
0: If you want to be featured on Opinions or Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at Mythical Chef or NHendizade with the hashtag
1: OpinionCasserole. For more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube. We launch new videos every week.
0: And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at Mythical Kitchen. We'll
1: see you next time amanda i'll see you next time you're coming back right
0: yeah come next yeah come back all right anytime come hang out